0: So I found it kind of fascinating after listening to you guys talk about the Google Project Stream thing on the last episode that now mm. Microsoft are like oh hey we're doing this too and they have something <laughs> We're doing streaming. <laughs> they have something called uh, XCloud which is a ter- just a terrible just a terrible name Microsoft. I really hope that it's going to get a better name, right? It's called Project XCloud like how they have Project Scorpio, so my hope is that it will actually get a brand name when it launches in I 2019. Mean, f- from the company that
1: gave you the Xbox One X. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be the X Cloud
0: <laughs> 2X is what the actual final oh, name God. will be. Um, it's going to be available for public trial in 2019, and it is a system that Microsoft is saying will allow for their games to be played on all hardware, from PC to consoles to smartphones, streaming over the internet. They've, uh, the, the main thing that they've kind of shown off really is their, uh, custom hardware that they've made, um, called the xCloud Blade, which is server hardware that they have created, which is, I assume it's not as simple as the video shows because the video just makes it seem like all they did was take four Xboxes and put them into a rack-mounted thing. I'm assuming it is at least a little bit more complex than that. Um, but it is kind of the funny. The animation that they have is like there are four Xboxes. The boards come out of the Xboxes and go into a different rack-mounted thing and then they just put it in the mount. Now, I'm assuming that there is something a little bit more going on. I would assume no, that's
2: pretty much what happened with PS now.
0: Really? It's just yeah. a bunch of PlayStations? That's in pretty a...
2: much it. Yeah, with a tiny little bit of that's modification. Some, that some is, duct tape. <laughs>
0: that is wild to me. But it isn't that every instance is being played, like every machine is only for one person, though, surely. That can't be the case.
2: Well, yeah, it's got to be the case. Oh, my God. This they is have wild. to count on not everyone being online at the same time, which they won't be.
0: That's wild. How do you time. pick the Who picks the number?
2: Uh, that is a very complex calculation. But, you know, these companies are extremely smart at working that kind of thing out.
0: Wow. That it's, is it's wild. A similar, it's a
2: similar problem to broadband contention. It's a similar problem to electricity grid management. There are really sophisticated algorithms to predict demand, supply, allocation. Think about Google's operation. Google are the best in the world at allocation of computing resources in real time. Think about Amazon's uh, algorithms for for managing this. Think about load balancing. Yeah, load balancing uh-huh. is a thing that's been around for a long long time. So you know, the idea that you have a limited amount of resources which are shared amongst and ex- a potentially extremely large audience, let's not forget, but knowing that they won't all be on at the same time. This is why ele- the electricity grid has a freak out when 25 million people turn a kettle on at the same time during some enormous event, because it's not designed for that. So they have to do phasing. They have to predict in microsecond detail which part of the country is going to be doing um, the kettle switching first, that because they'll have maps of previous incidents, right? So, for example, in, in London, there are these boroughs and this borough typically got um, more people watching the telly mm-hmm. and, and therefore more people would be turning things on. So all of these things have been done before to death by loads of really, really smart people. That's so, so that's the thing. That's what they do.
0: That's really wild. OK. I mean, this is it almost feels lower tech than I imagined, really. Like, just from a hardware perspective, it, I mean, obviously, then there is all this wonderful, wild algorithm software stuff, which is working it all out. But it, that, it, it just seemed like that they were simplifying it, but that's really interesting. Anyway, so they've got this custom hardware, which will allow them to stream existing and future Xbox games over the internet. Microsoft are claiming that this will be able to work over 4G, and they're creating ways to combat latency to do this
2: well what they mean by that is they're they're working on ways to minimize the latency that yeah. there will inevitably be um I, I think all of these people who are into the cloud game have accepted or have come to terms with the fact that modern gaming does have latency for reasons we've discussed at length on remaster before that latency is part of modern games you know the latency from the stick through the bluetooth stack to the console The the latency of the graphics card, which can take, in some cases, a couple of frames to render and in really bad cases, three frames to render, you know, it's it's typically behind what's being done. And there are techniques to reduce that. Um, You know, if you switch from deferred rendering to forward rendering, you save some time. There There are other techniques for doing that as well. But most people don't care. They just want the game to look great. And if it reacts in a reasonable amount of time, they're okay. That kind of thing makes me very sad. Because one of the most beautiful things about video games for me has always been the responsiveness, um, the kind of uh, dance between the player and the machine and the output. Yeah, yeah. But but you know that's that's the way the market's going. It's I I guess I fall into the same camp as all those people who feel sad that the iPhone SE uh, is not around anymore. You know I'm I'm not the majority obviously, which is sad. But there you go. You know that's the market. You got to live with that. And so because of that, they're they're absolutely fine with accepting a little bit of latency. But here's the thing, that latency will be there for the likes of us. But for people who've got slower connections, the latency might be unplayable. So I'm interested in seeing what they're doing about infrastructure. Do people Mm. want this? Yeah, but not us. Mm. Well, yeah, I was on, thinking sorry, about sorry. this in
1: the in the context of like I have a fast internet connection, um, so I could take advantage of streaming. What I like, I love my, for example, my Xbox One X. Right, it's powerful and the games look great, but it feels like every single time I boot up the console, I need to wait for an update. Yeah. Uh, either the system or a game needs an update and so because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a grown up and you know during the day I work or I'm busy with family stuff I try to reserve like a couple of hours for me at night to play video games so I try to plan around those couple of hours and when I'm ready to play suddenly the console needs an update and so it's not ready for me to play and I was thinking about this wouldn't it be nice if there was a service that I could just log in and everything is always updated all the time and then I realized that that's streaming for you so even though i mean i've grown up collecting video games and i still buy physical versions of video games but in the context of i don't want to think about managing updates ever again and i have a fast internet connection that i pay for why not especially if it's based on a subscription
2: (laughs) i i I have said publicly that the number one reason why i would want streaming is exactly what you've just said because you know who's got who's got the time for this anymore? Mm-hmm. Who's got the patience for it? It's not just people like us, not just people who like video games. the The average person who doesn't know that much about updates and why they're there, patches and why they're there, day one uh, updates and why they're there, and so on, and install times. Right, that's the other thing. If you buy a game, um, even if you buy a digital game it will have to download some extra content. But if you buy a Blu-ray and like on a PS4, the majority of people still buy Blu-ray, by the way, right? Because imagine trying to download a 50 gig game on the internet in a country where the infrastructure is perhaps not as developed. Forget it. And PlayStation serves many of those markets. So people buy the game on Blu-ray, then they still have to wait for the game to install on their hard drive. So there's all of that you just get rid of completely. So for those people, it's going to be, a better experience, even if they have a slower ping, they have a slower download, slower upload, or if they're like me and they sometimes get power line interruptions. But um, I was thinking about who else would benefit from this, because it's not just you know the the people who want to save some time. Companies don't do don't make an investment this big. Unless they think they can reach new customers. So I started to think, well, what is their competition? Well, the competition is anything that competes for time. It's not anything that competes for money. People have got enough money to do both. It's in more emerging countries that uh, are now building quite fast where the middle classes usually only select one luxury at a time, and luxuries being things like uh, white goods. Like uh, consoles, like motorcycles, like in India, for example, if you're middle class, you're not going to buy a console unless you've got some white goods and until you've got like a, a small motorbike. Right. Those are the priorities. But in in much of the developed world, that's not an issue. We can buy all those things at the same time and it's absolutely fine. So if you wanted to expand your market, you have to think about your competition and your competition is Netflix. Right. So mm-hmm. for those people who and and anything else, frankly, that can be your time, your your competition is Instagram. If you're PlayStation, if you're Microsoft, if you're Google, this is your competition. This is where people are going. This is where they're spending their time or they're Hopefully they're listening to remaster if they're really sensible. Mm-hmm. Um. So the only way, <laughs> the only way <laughs> they're going to be able to reach those people that bigger customer base that they haven't got yet is through a service where people don't have to buy the hardware. And this was always PlayStation's vision with PS Now. It was, be you should be able to play a PlayStation game, whether you've got a PlayStation or not. And it, the same is going to be true of all of these services. And I, I'm just hoping that That is a reason why they're doing it, because if that's why they're doing it, everybody will benefit because the service will then become better for everyone. And then I guess your local console or your local device will just become an accelerator. So you could choose, right? You could choose to play locally, in which case that helps with your response rate. Or you could choose to play remotely, in which case the company that's providing the service will do the very best they can to deliver a good experience to you. But if you want to accelerate that experience, then you get a device. That's the hardcore market. That's the likes of us.
0: Yeah, I guess that is interesting, right? Because this is ultimately about bringing these high powered, you know, graphically awesome AAA games to people without them needing to put 400 $500 down first. Right. Mm. You got to pay $50 to get an Xbox controller and then download an app like on what the iPhone, Apple TV, like who knows? Like when you know, the controller will probably, I guess, will probably work over Wi Fi, right? So, like, something's going on there where then it doesn't matter if you can connect directly to that device or not. It's very fascinating. Again, it's, I, I don't know if it's necessarily what I am looking for, but if I think about how much I love my Switch, mm, well, yeah. imagine if I could just play Xbox games on my iPad with an Xbox controller. I mean, that is kind of tantalizing.
2: Yeah, and that's a dream, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you think about the Netflix app, it's on everything. But then if you look at some other... Apps Like the Prime app wasn't on Apple TV for a while because a deal had to be done. So the hardest thing about this rollout is going to be the deals that the service providers are going to have to make with people who have devices or people who sell devices rather. Yeah, because you want to have a player that runs everywhere. That's utterly ubiquitous. And that's the hard part. Like Netflix had to do a ton of deals, right? Mm -hmm. Just to make sure they could play their content anywhere. And the reason it was easier for Netflix is because the subscription is the easy bit. Whereas with all these other services, you you have to buy content. And this is why having a streaming service makes makes sense, because you're paying monthly for a grab bag of stuff. But if you were doing lots and lots of transactions, then someone's going to want to take a cut of those. Spotify had, had the same issue it's all moving in this direction and it is entirely about the mass market and it is about bringing new people in. The other way of looking at it, perhaps, is, you know, this this is also uh, what they used to call in sales the puppy dog sale. Yeah. Have you ever heard that expression? So, like, you, what happens is you go to a pet store, right? And the pet store owner, if they're savvy, they'll look at the kid going, oh, what a cute puppy. And then the owner will say, tell you what, Uh, Take the puppy home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Take the puppy home for a week. And if you don't like it, bring it back. We won't charge you anything. That's terrible.
1: It's a terrible way to sell a puppy, by the way. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's heartless well but then, that, but then it that's works, it right so it works <laughs> it absolutely guess. works right it absolutely works so it's basically try this for free it's what everyone does on the internet now 30 days nothing down we won't even ask you for your credit card just try the service and if you're hooked in you're a customer that's it you, you don't resent the money that you give them I mean, I guess all of us now have subscriptions to multiple software services. Where three years ago, we wouldn't have even entertained the idea. I and mean, you might even have considered it slightly icky. But now, like, if you've got a good service, I want to make sure that you're going to stay in business. I'm happy to give you that money. Take my money, in fact. And it's the same thing with something like this. Yeah. What happens is you get a situation where you get an upsell, right? So the puppy dog sale works in this context like this. You like the service and you go, you know what? This is so good. I'm going to buy a real PlayStation. I'm going to buy a real Xbox. I'm convinced now. These games are so cool. Give me the device.
0: But like, what? What are you going to get more? Like, what's the difference
2: going to be? Like, what is the actual tangible difference that they will sell you? Performance. And they'll sell. Right. They'll sell maybe one out of a hundred people that way. But it will all be about performance. So if you're sharing the load, it's just like whether you want to have contention or not.
0: You know, I guess it's kind of the difference between the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if with I'm trying to think of an analogy for it now. Like That's a good one. You can buy a PS4 and you can play all the games. But if you want 60 frames per second with HDR in 4K, well, you've got to buy the PS4 Pro. Kind and of it's X X amount more. Okay, it's the Xbox. <laughs> Let's go over and use your one then. Okay, yeah, no, you can buy get... an Xbox One S and you can okay. get all of that stuff, or you can go and buy an Xbox One X and you're mm-hmm. going to get 4K and <laughs> HDR and 60 frames a second. I guess that's the difference, right? It's like, well, yeah. you can play these games, you can play all the games, but if you want 60 frames a second, no drop frames, you want it to be in HDR, and you want it to be better than 1080p. Well, you've got to buy the hardware,
2: right? And then you get matchmaked against other people in multiplayer who've got the hardware too, mm-hmm. and suddenly your entire experience is better.
0: Well, wouldn't you want to be against the people that weren't? Well, I, <laughs> we'll I, guarantee I you... no hardware players. You <laughs> I, could just if... play against the people with low la- with high latency <laughs> problems
2: i i that's don't what I know what mind. you're saying about your performance mike i'd not be good. quite happy to <laughs> not good is what i'm saying if they
0: could guarantee that i would be playing against people <laughs> with with latency issues then i would 100% jump on that game of pubg um
2: but that, that's the thing man i mean if you're playing against people who've got latency issues it that will drop your performance because everyone goes lowest common denominator in that mm-hmm. situation yep you know how some of these these uh cheats they used to do this weird trick. I don't know if they still do it. They'd repeatedly, they have this device that would repeatedly drop and undrop the connection at critical times. So it would make people miss them when they were firing at them.
0: Oh, uh, because they would ever, so they just for like a few frames, they wouldn't be in the game.
2: Well, no, they would be jumping. Yeah, right. Like they wouldn't the be inter- there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the game would interpolate them in a linear way, but the way they'd be jumping on their machine would not be linear. And so you would miss them.
0: Yeah, so a anyway, so that's become very things.
2: esoteric very quickly. Yep. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing about the puppy dog cell, right? That's, a, that's just a starter. But then the whole thing becomes about upgrading the experience. And ev- everyone is uh, understands that the, the numbers around this are very, very small. So a small percentage of people are hardcore. So this is inverting the whole thing. This is like saying, okay, we can't make a mass market device anymore because we'd have to massively reduce the specs. Here's a way of almost giving a loaner device on demand, this on the cloud, to people to try out. Then don't want a better experience. Only some of them will want that. But at least this way, you've got a true mass market. And we've been saying how long now? That for four or five years, uh, I mean, you know, whether, whether it was on this or I remember when we talked ages ago, um, we we talked about how consoles had now become niche. Mm-hmm. They be- they, it was no longer the mass market because mobiles are the mass market. So this is, I think, an acknowledgement, certainly from Microsoft, less so from Google because they've always been mass market. But PlayStation before that, the mass market is not where they're at, and this is a way of capturing some of it. And it's it's the same model that's used in free-to-play games as well. Most people won't spend money, but that's okay. At least it will be a an on-ramp for people who will spend considerable amounts of money.
0: I guess it's like they can see, because it's public, how much money Netflix are making. And mm. I guess these companies are saying to themselves, we can also do this. Like, we can sell a subscription service and capture more people. And we may lose some people to the subscription service, but then they're giving us money forever, maybe rather than buying one console every second generation or whatever. So I'm I'm just keen to see, because I, I still remain skeptical about performance and, like, actual reliability. Like, that that's the thing that I remain skeptical about. Like, just because... I play games online, like, with existing infrastructure and have issues with keeping the connection stable, even though I have incredibly fast internet, right? So the idea of streaming the entire game to me, as well as all of, like, keeping everything in check with online multiplayer, like... It remains to be seen, and I mean, and I'm sure that these companies know that the only way they're going to keep people is by giving them a good experience. But like, I am, I'm remaining a little bit skeptical until I see this stuff actually, really, like in action in front of
2: me. Mm. It's early days, isn't it? Yes. I mean, you you remember with Netflix at the beginning, there were very few people using it. Everyone was still on Blu-rays at this point. It was only the absolute hardcore, tiny minority that were using it before it went utterly mainstream. And I think because they're talking about 2019, PS Now was probably too early. Infrastructure wasn't there. But they know the infrastructure is only going to get better. It's not going to get worse, is it? It's only going to get better. So I would imagine that this is a long-term play, but it's the right sort of play for the long term. And hopefully, you know, if you think about uh, the ping times, that's a, on on my connection i can get a round trip of around 20 milliseconds that's one frame right so it's a, uh, it's one frame at uh, 50 fps so it's not great but it'll get better than that
0: all right, let's thank Squarespace for their support of this episode. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. With a unique domain name, award-winning templates, all at your fingertips, and so much more, you'll be able to put your next thing online. Make your home online. Plan your event online. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace have the tools to do it. It is... All-in-one platform with nothing, nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They have all of that covered so you don't have to worry about it. Squarespace back everything up with 24-7 customer support. So if you're new to this or if you're trying to do something complicated and you're just not 100% sure how to do it, they have people right there ready to help you out at all times, which is really, really awesome. This is one of the reasons I've used Squarespace for years because I just don't want to have to worry about all the complicated, tricky little things. And so having a system that that is easy to understand is really key for me you can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com slash remaster their plans start at just $12 a month but if you sign when you sign up if you use the code remaster at checkout you will get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show Once again, that's squarespace.com slash remaster and the code remaster to get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, so let's talk about what uh, you guys have been playing. So uh, Federico, I know, I mean, I was... uh, I saw your Xbox very fr- recently when I came mm-hmm. to Rome yeah. and I got to play Forza for a few moments, but I'm sure you have a lot yes. to say on this game.
1: Uh, I've been playing Forza Horizon 4 a bit uh, and it looks incredible. Like I'm, I'm never, I've never been into driving games. I, was, um, I had a really bad experience when I was a kid with Gran Turismo both Gran Turismo 1 and Gran Turismo 2, uh, the, especially the uh, d- the driving tests to get licenses. The in driving the tests like, are their
0: ball. I hate those things. They're those, the worst things in those, the world. I hate those
1: it. games terrified me, and, and it took me years uh, to get back into driving games. I remember the only driving game I could play was V-Rally 3, maybe, um, which was completely different from Gran Turismo. Anyway, Forza is... Uh, it, it's a pleasure to play in that it looks fantastic on the on the 1x uh you can play with native 4k or 1080p with 60 frames and i prefer to play a 1080 with 60 frames because it's smooth and fluid and fast uh, and i just love the freedom of just being able to drive everywhere and take up on missions and upgrade your car uh, change your character um it's really it's really fun but i've been playing more Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, then Forza, especially over the past couple of weeks. Um, now, I've never been a huge Assassin's Creed person. I think I've mentioned on the show before that I tried to play Origins last year, but the open-world approach kind of kinda drove me off in that, you know, all these sub-quests and all these icons that you see on screen, it's a lot to process, especially, again if you're the type of person who just wants to play for like a couple of hours at night, um, it's that type of game that if you stop playing for like a week, starting to play the game again, it feels like, well, I don't know what I'm doing now. I need a manual or I need to start from the beginning because I forgot what all these icons mean and what all these controls mean. Um, And Assassin's Creed Odyssey doesn't really fix these problems, but I think there's a combination of two factors that help me enjoy the game more. First, I prefer the Ancient Greece setting. Uh, I don't know if it's because I feel like Greece is closer closer to Roman culture, like ancient Rome culture, uh, or if it's because I studied ancient Greek uh, for my classical studies in high school. Uh, but I can I feel like I can relate to the to ancient Greece and the mythology more than than Egypt from origins. But also. Odyssey is much, much heavier on the RPG aspect of the game. So this is basically evolved from a stealth game into a pure action RPG open world game. You can upgrade all kinds of aspects of your character. By the way, I'm playing as Cassandra, which is the female character, uh, because I feel like um, I watch a bunch of videos and and, uh, review, uh, and I read the reviews, and it feels like the Cassandra storyline uh, is very interesting. They and have different, different stories. And, yeah, I think they're slightly different, huh. uh, but also just looking at the looking at the animations for the two characters, it feels like Cassandra has more personality. Um, there's some excellent work that has gone into motion capture in Assassin's Creed Odyssey and you can really tell from the facial esp- expressions and uh, the dialogue it's really really well done and I can relate to the character, I can relate to the setting and the RPG stuff is just incredible for me because I'm, a, you know, I'm that type of guy who likes to compare weapons, to upgrade weapons and get all the best equipment um, so I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it doesn't feel overwhelming. I feel like um, the menus are more clearly presented than Origins. The skill tree, so the different paths that you can take to upgrade your character, I feel like it's easier to understand visually than Origins. And it's just beautiful. Like on the Xbox One X, it looks incredibly mm-hmm. Gorgeous, like the uh, the HDR and the textures and the colors and the setting, you know, seeing these temples and this, uh, these monuments, these statues and the sea, it's really, really pretty. Um, this is, it feels like Ubisoft really took a hard look at Breath of the Wild and tried to infuse some aspects of Zelda into into this game. So of course uh, I can relate to this a, a lot. I would have preferred for this game to be on the Switch. Still, uh, it looks amazing on on the Xbox. So that's what I've been playing, but of course there's a assassin there's a Red Dead coming up <laughs> next yeah, week. Everything everything is so just like focusing around going, Red Dead. Everything is going to be paused uh for for Red Dead. Um because I really, I feel like I will put everything on hold. Uh, I I made my pre-order for the special edition of Red Dead 2. And uh, I will play Assassin's Creed until that comes out. But then I, I think I will just take a couple of months to enjoy everything about Red Dead.
0: Um, I am going to be traveling a little bit. So I'm going to be coming to Red Dead like a week after it's released. <laughs> Which I'm a little bit upset about but like what are you going to do. It's like I've already pre-ordered it. It will be pre-loaded and as soon as I get back from the tour, like that I'm going to be diving right into it. Um but Shahid, what have you been what have you been up to?
2: Uh I'm going to surprise you. Okay. A little bit. Um I've been playing incremental games, otherwise known as idle clickers, which some people say aren't games at all. <laughs> Well, I kind of got a bit fascinated. You know, I, I have kids, as uh, many of our listeners are well aware, uh, some younger than others. And it kind of, you know, as an introduction to the idea of reward, they're really compelling. So I'll give you an example. I've been playing this game. It's a bit old now called Egg Inc. OK, I've played this. Oh, yeah? yeah. So... What what do you do in this game? You just tap this button or you just hold it down and loads of chickens come out. Tiny, tiny chickens, loads of them, and they go and lay eggs and you make money and your your numbers keep going up. Uh, I think it's actually eggs. I can't even remember. It's so small. My eyes are so old. I can't read the iPhone screen without glasses. But it's some small unit of currency. It's eggs or money. I don't care. It's a number that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right? So, the, so, you got all these eggs or you got all this money, whatever it is, and then you get to upgrade stuff. And this essentially is what idle games are about. You could play an idle game on just about any platform without touching anything. And it would just keep accumulating money for you. But then you can use that money to make the rate of accumulation faster. And you do that by buying stuff. And what happens is that the more money you accumulate, and faster you're accumulating it, the more expensive the next thing gets. So there's some really interesting number work going on. The numbers behind the scenes are quite complex, but the mechanics are almost non-existent. And yet, these games find favour among hardcore audiences. Apparently, up to 80% of the customers or the players of idle clickers can be hardcore gamers it varies from game to game right uh, i really in found a weird that fascinating way,
0: that actually makes sense to me yeah because these types of games are typically on mobile right and i think that hardcore gamers are not even going to bother buying stuff like these look how great this uh shooter is on the iphone or like look how realistic our car driving game is on the iphone game they're just not even going to bother with those so they'll go maybe for games that are a bit more that fit more with the platform and something that you can just take out of your pocket and just tap on the screen for 10 minutes and then put it back kind of seems like it, it weirdly to me i think fits with the type of person who really loves video games because it's a video game that you can just noodle away at while you're standing in line but also isn't pretending to be anything more than it actually is.
2: Yeah, and that's part of its charm because mechanically there's nothing, right? Because you don't, and this is the thing, you don't even have to tap if you don't want to and you'll keep accumulating. Mm -hmm. So there's the other thing. You don't have a win state but you don't have a lose state either. What you do have is a steady succession of rewards. So you've got these constant dopamine hits going on, which which is really good for kids as a way of starting off. Because, you know, it's, it's the way you raise kids, right? You reward them when they do something good. Mm-hmm. And then they'll want to do more of that. I think that's how well, you train you,
0: dogs too, right, Federico? It is,
2: it, it's positive reinforcement. Yeah. It's It's pretty much... It's pretty <laughs> pretty much. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. Because same strategy, honestly. <laughs> you know, if you if you see a baby do something cool, like starting to crawl or starting to stand or whatever, lots of shouting, lots yeah. of interaction, lots of hugs and kisses, positive reinforcement. So these games do this all the time. They're giving you these prizes, these amazing visual effects. You know, you you will accumulate something and go, oh, cool, that's great. I've got this. And then they'll bring up a prompt. Tap this to get this, because now you can buy this. And you tap in, it's a chest or whatever. And it opens up, and there's all this flashbang stuff going on the screen. You did great. And you're thinking, you know, your critical brain is going, I didn't actually do anything. But really, it's like when you're at a concert, you might not necessarily like what you're listening to, but everybody else is having a good time, so you might as well have a good time as well. You, you just go along with it. And after a while, it's like, yeah, this, this is cool. And then you start to get a feel for how the numbers underneath are behaving, because underneath the numbers can be as complex as a a heavy skill tree-based RPG. And the interesting thing about these games is that these mechanics, which are still very light, get revealed over a very long period of time. Some of these games, and I haven't played them this long, uh, Egg Inc is the one I've played the longest. I've played loads of others, though, and they're all cool in very different ways. You've got stuff like Infinite Runners. You don't even have to do any running and uh, you can tap at the right times if you really want to, and you get further and further. Then there are these uh, match three or match all the gem color type uh, games, uh, and they're effectively card battlers where none of your party ever dies, but you still carry on progressing. Magically, they keep getting revived. And all of these variations, the idea is really, really simple. You can do nothing, and you will accumulate some currency. Or you can tap and you will accumulate that currency faster. And you do this in order to buy stuff that will make the earning of your money accelerated. That's it. That's the entire mechanic of the game. And then during the game, you will get prompts. You can buy this, you can upgrade this, and then you go through this incredible skill tree. Um, I say skill tree, you're not using any skill, but it's, it's an experience point-based tree system. Very much like an RPG in many respects. Uh, but without you really having to do anything to achieve it, except pastime and so on. And then there is a natural ramp where it becomes really, really difficult. One of the cool things that I, I like about, about this is that if you get really good, and I haven't got really good yet. I've, I've earned some quadrillions of whatever the currency is for Egg Inc. Like I said, I need glasses to see it. But um, it gets to a point where you have the option of restarting your game, giving up everything that you've earned. But the reward you get for restarting the game with nothing is you start off with much, much more accelerated uh, rate of earning, which feels phenomenal. Because like, before, you know, you're waiting and waiting. Now you don't have to wait. And it's such a rush getting all this stuff. I watched some videos of this, obviously, because I'm, I'm not going to play one of these things for, like, I think one of one example is you need to play for something like 200 weeks. <laughs> and if you play that long, you know, I, I don't get to do anything for 200 weeks anymore, uh, especially not sleep. But watch some of these videos and see what happens, and then the rush you get from all of these things that are now being thrown upon you. And, of course, you can play against friends as well, and uh, I say play against friends, do nothing against friends, or tap faster against friends. Look, the way I've explained it, right, makes you think. Well, why would I want to play this? I thought that too <laughs> when well, the first time I saw one of these things. But you got to remember, a few years ago, I was tweeting stuff about this that was not very kind, yeah. because I remember uh, talking about Cow Clicker as an incredible piece of social commentary, and I loved it, and I promoted it, and you know talked. Uh, about it to everyone and and cursed these things as non-games that were destroying our craft and art and all of that blah 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 nonsense boy did I get a slap in the face there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than, than people realise and that is why they appeal to the hardcore because it is although the mechanics are non-existent and the rate of return is based on complex numbers but you don't really get to sense that the cool thing about it is you still feel like there's a sense of progression and human beings love progression you know that that's the beauty of these games you feel like you're getting somewhere all the time uh other stuff i played kung fu clicker <laughs> it's just ridiculous oh uh, you got to try it it's it's really ridiculous and the the thing in kung fu kung fu clicker that's slightly different is that they started to increase the number of interactions. So from time to time, you get interu- interrupted. You've got these um, levels in your game that you can uh-huh. scroll up and down, and you see attackers coming in. You can tap on them really fast to beat them up. You know, It's just like a little bit of distraction during the yeah, game. I- I've and actually
0: re- been playing a game that I think has some of these elements in it, and it's called yeah? Pocket City.
2: Oh, yes. This yes. is
0: really yeah, yeah. good. It's It yeah. is it's like a $4 game. And it is, I think, halfway between uh, a clicker and SimCity. If you like SimCity type games, I really recommend this one. It's pretty easy. And most of the time, you're just tapping on things and, like, you're, like, oh, building more here, building more here, making more money, building more buildings, upgrading this building, upgrading this building. Like, it's really, like, low kind of effort. Like, it's not a really, like, because some of these games can be super, like, intense right like the the, the, the simsons yeah like and it just gets too much but i found this one to be a lot of fun actually like i i I spent a few days kind of really really digging deep into it and uh i think it's worth checking out i love that it has no in-app purchases that's what i really love about it um and I'm probably gonna gonna do kind of what you said like start over again like I got to a point where it gets to a point where it just gets less exciting kind of when you get kind of towards the end, um but mm. uh I yeah I really I really really liked it it's a as a great is a is a really it's just a really great little fun little game to have in your iPhone.
1: Hmm.
0: Now I am uh, I mentioned I was going on my tour right so i don't I don't. but honestly pocket city was the game that i brought today as the game that i've been playing <laughs> uh, i haven't really been playing much else recently because i have come back from a trip and i'm about to go on another trip but i wanted to talk about the selection of switch games that i've loaded onto my switch to take with me on on my kind of two-week trip um i'm playing through mario and rabbits again Oh, interesting. It's it's a really fun game. uh, And uh, 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 me and Tiff are going to be talking about it on Playing for Fun on our next episode. So I wanted to start again and play through. Um, And I'm planning to also check out the DLC. It's like the Donkey Kong DLC. So that's that's just a fun game. Like, I enjoyed it the first time. It was a surprise. Like, if you haven't checked out Mario and Rabbids, I actually do really recommend it. It's like it's a surprising game with a lot of entertaining uh, elements to it. Um, I've downloaded Towerfall. Uh, I spoke about Celeste, right? This was the game before Celeste, and the Switch version has the character Celeste in the game. Um, oh, nice. It, Towerfall is mostly like a multiplayer game. Um, I don't, I haven't actually looked into how much single-player-y type stuff you can do or if you can just kind of play it as one player against the computer, which I'm assuming you can. But I've been meaning to check this out again for a while, so uh, I've downloaded that. I've got Undertale. Which I know that like everyone speaks so highly of Undertale, right? But I've no, I don't really know anything about the game except that it was pretty controversial. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Have either of you played played Undertale? No, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't played.
2: Okay. I played it for about an hour and a half, which okay. means absolutely nothing, right? Um, I I looked at it out of respect, really, sure, because so many people that um it got really respect, close like to and,
0: and was for a lot of people game of the year in the year that it came out because it yeah. it, re- it came out on pc a few years ago and then it came out for switch real recently but it you know it it, it was a game that was rated very 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 highly by a lot of people for its yeah. storytelling and stuff like that because my understanding is like the kind of the main thing i know about the game is it is possible to beat this game without ever killing anything
2: yeah, I think right. that was the point. That's, That's one, one of the, the big things do.
0: about this game. Yeah. Is you can, but there are ramifications and the ramifications can make you feel bad. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Like I think Undertale might be like top of the list for me out of the other ones that I'm mentioning. Um I got The Gardens Between. Haven't played any of this yet, but I saw it on a Nintendo Direct and it was very pretty. Like it just looked like a really nice yeah. game. The graphics were nice and like The way that the levels moved and stuff just looked really engaging. I don't even really know anything about what this game is about. But on its website, it has like 2 million awards. So... Like, you know, it's got, like, IGF 2018, Visual Arts Excellence Finalist, Mix Seattle, Best of Mix, Rocket Beans, Most Innovative, Freeplay 2018, Best fit Vi- Like, it just goes on and on and on. PAX Rising 2017, Indie Showcase winner. Like, all these kinds of things. And it looks like that kind of game. Like, it, the animations look really cool. So I'm going to check that out. It's on PS4, Switch, and Steam. But, of course, I have it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that I'm taking with me is Guacamele which is a game oh, the first one, uh, the super turbo championship deluxe edition or whatever it is. Okay. You know, uh, I, <laughs> sure. it's actually called super turbo championship edition. It's, uh, the kind of, I think it is the original game of a bunch of stuff added to it to like make it one big package. Um, I don't know if it's one and two or if it's just one, I'm actually not sure about that. Like what, how that, but it is the game that they sell. So anyway, but yeah, I've, I liked that game enough, and it just came out like this week for the Switch, and that's a game that I remember really enjoying. I've played it a couple of times, actually, so I figured it just felt like a good one for the library.